previously on The Avatar Returns. Oh, you didn't even get the uh, shared jerk experience. Oh, no, no, well, Paul, I get it. <laughs> Let's not talk about our shared jerk experiences, okay? Um, I would love to see Ethan Hawke play Splinter. Are you kidding me? Weird tangent. We don't do tangents on the show. He's, he's Sokka's partner. Well, that sounds wrong, but who knows? Maybe there's, there's another uh, slash pairing we can talk about at the end of the show. And then we get, I mean, then we get May popping into the fight and beating the unholy hell out of basically every guard in the prison. Yeah. Guys, it's kind of crazy that we only have two more episodes of this podcast before we're done with Avatar The Last Airbender. The war balloon goes down because of science, damn it. And that's how the fuck anime works. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Avatar Returns. I'm Paul. I'm Eric. And I'm Arlo. And each week we discuss two to four episodes of the Nickelodeon animated series Avatar The Last Airbender and its sequel series The Legend of Korra. This week, the countdown to the comet continues as we reach our uh, penultimate episode of the Avatar discussions uh, with chapters 316, The Southern Raiders, and, if I may be so bold, uh, the one Eric's been waiting the entire time to get to, 317, The Ember Island Players. Uh, But before we get to that, um, Eric... You've you've done some world traveling again. For someone who doesn't like to fly, you fly an awful lot. So it, the sad necessity of liking to be places is having to be flown places or <laughs> otherwise never being anywhere. So yeah, I was in San Francisco for work uh, m- most of last week, and then on Friday I flew to Disney World, where I participated in my second Star Wars half marathon. In January, I was in the normal Disneyland Star Wars half marathon. This weekend I did the Star Wars the Dark Side half oh, marathon. Nice. nice. And and the the reason I did both is so Disney is big on the bling. You get the cool, really well made medals for finishing. But for this there was something special. If you did both the Star Wars and the Dark Side half marathons, you got a Kessel Run medal. That is amazing. And it was pretty excellent. It's, it's the Millennium Falcon, but so I did complete oh, the Castle God. Run, and it was it was pretty excellent. It was a good gro- it was a good run. I Disney does a really good job with the like themed runs, and on this, while you were running down, there's like some highway stretches in between the parks. Um, there were like video screens playing mostly um, big fight sequences. So like coming up the first hill, it was Anakin versus Obi Wan. And then a little down the line, it was um, Luke versus Vader in Return of the Jedi. And then on the final hill, it was Rey and Kylo's fight in the Mm. snow. Um, On top of that, they had a lot of really great um, photo opportunities for characters. Um, With a especially exciting one was that Aaron got a picture of them. I have it. I'll have to post it on Twitter if I haven't, which is that she got a picture with Ezra and Sabine from Star Wars Rebels. That's awesome. They they were very, very well um, costumed characters, I have to say. Um, I also saw while I was there, not as part of the race, but there's like a there used to be a thing called Jedi Jedi Academy mm-hmm, yeah. in the Hollywood studios. They've changed it to like Temple of the Jedi or something like that. And it's kind of the similar thing of a tra- training thing, but it's like there's like a temple thing outside, and then they're like, oh, the dark side's going to show you villains. You know, it's only in your head. Don't be afraid, whatever. And like you know, Darth Vader comes out, which you expect. And then Seventh Sister from Rebels comes out. Wow. And it'll 
damn, goddamn, was that an awesome costume. <laughs> like, she, she, it was like perfect Seventh Sister costume. It was so cool. So it was Darth Vader and Seventh Sister. That's, that's pretty amazing. So, <clears throat> so do any of the people running the marathon run in costume? Yeah, there were a lot of people running in costume. Um, a lot of rays. Uh-huh. Um, a, a sad number of people in the Boba Fett Under Armour shirt. <laughs> Um, there were, you know, there were a lot of people dressed in various things, which was pretty, which was pretty cool. This was not as costumey as some of the, like the Tinkerbell or the princess half marathons. Uh-huh. And I don't even think it was quite as costumey as the light side one. I think because dark side costumes are kind of hard to do. They're heavy. You don't want to run in pretty much any dark. Side so there, costume. so there were no, uh, Vader's running the marathon. I didn't see a Vader. There had to have been some Vader's. I, I would be shocked if there weren't, but I did not see any Vader's. Um, no real, no people in full stormtrooper outfits. Uh, although I did see some people in very um, cleverly designed running outfits that were obviously meant to evoke the the costumes. So yeah. people were very clever about what they put that on, but this did not have the. Um, although actually, I don't think you get away with a full costume now, because like like a Vader costume, because you can't have. There's like limits to how much costume you can have on during the runs, and I don't mean by like how costumed you can be, but like how big. The costumes can be uh-huh. because they don't want you to be able to hold high weapons, basically. Yeah, so if you were in yeah. some like giant Darth Vader costume, they might not let you because you could be hiding weapons in the giant Darth Vader costumes. There were people running with lightsabers, which seems like a profoundly dumb thing to do because I'm like dodging people running with lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. And I also got the, the joy of being – I went to ride Star Tours uh, as a celebration uh-huh. and I got to see the new Jakku section they've dropped into star tours and it has finn too so the the last time i've been to disney world a couple times um i've never done star tours there the last time i did star tours was eons ago uh, at disneyland and back then it was nothing but uh like a motion ride like it literally is the kind of thing you see out in front of malls now or whatever it was like it was it, it sat maybe i don't know 20 people and it just bounced around on a gimbal while R2 and C-3PO talked about, I think it was the attack on the Death Star, maybe. I don't even remember. That's basically what Star Tours. So it is a motion ride. It's like a, a ride, a motion ride map to what's going on on the screen. And it used to just be one movie because it was like a filmed movie, you know, mm-hmm. like, so it was the same thing whenever you wrote it. Paul Rubens actually did the voice of the pilot robot, the mm-hmm. droid. Um and that was fun. I always liked it, but it was it was just that was all it was. Well, now it's still a motion ride, but because of awesome digital technology, it's completely random which planets you get, and you always get two planets. Oh, so wow. every time you ride the ride, you never know what you're going to get. You might get Hoth. You might get Naboo. You might get, um, like now in this case, Jakku. So you never know what's going to happen, and the setup tends to be you're like in – like a, a bay, like a launch bay, and then they actually take a picture, like like serendipitously, of like one of the um people on the ship, and then like Vader will come up to the front of the ship and be like, "You have a rebel. This is the rebel," and they'll like show a picture of someone in the in the ship, uh-huh. um, and then they'll like, and you fight your way away and go into hyperspace, and you end up like on two adventures through stuff. Like there's like one, and then you tend to get a, a, a like a like a communication from someone who's like, "No, we need you to go on a mission," and then you go to the second place. And in this case, the first place we went was Jakku, and it was basically you flying along with the Millennium Falcon uh-huh. as it flies through the ship graveyard and actually ends with you flying at the right, right next to the TIE fighter that gets blown up when it like when you only do the stop yeah. and Finn's stuck gun shoots it. Like you're basically flying at the Millennium Falcon when it does that. So That's awesome. it, it's pretty neat. It's a really fun ride, and I was really excited I got to see Jakku 
And and like I said, on the screen when someone contacts you, it's Finn, which was pretty exciting. They actually got um, John Boyega cool. to record some stuff for it. So yeah, I can't uh, I can't do motion rides anymore, so I, I will probably never experience that. But it sounds awesome. I was the only uh, disappointment I had when I went to Disney World last month was that the Star Wars presence at Disney World is pretty minimal. Like, like beforehand, like, like when we were initially planning the trip, I got all hyped up because I knew that, you know, Star Wars had just come out and I was super pumped to see all the new Star Wars stuff. And that's a Disneyland. Uh, no, well, okay. Yeah, so Disney World's. Disney World's oh, you went to Disney up. World, didn't you? Yeah, no, it's a, it's okay. at the Hollywood Studios Park is yeah. where all the where all the Star Wars. Oh, okay. So that's where everything I've been describing is at the Hollywood Studios. And in fact, now and this is the last thing I'll say about my excellent Star Wars weekend <laughs> is that um they've put up this big stage in Hollywood Studios, and in the on the stage they have various things that happen, and a lot of them are like they'll show movies while various characters come out and do stuff. And there's one that was sort of like a I can only call a Star Wars review. Where stuff would play on the screen, and then like see like three three people and R two D two would come up, and then like Darth Vader would come out. Anyways, there were like various people coming out, and they would do like a little thing, like Darth Maul would come out and twirl his like you know his lightsaber around, and then go off. And then like all the stormtroopers had these blasters that would fire like what like, kind of like firework type things, so it kind of looked like they were shooting blasters, which was pretty neat. But then at the end, we get to the Force Awakens, and new stormtroopers come out, and Kylo Ren comes out, and his thing is like projected onto the back wall is like the first order symbol on like a curtain basically. And he flips out, turns around and starts like swinging his lightsaber at the curtain. And like, it looks like it's getting cut <laughs> as he's doing it. So Kylo Ren's thing is literally throwing a temper tantrum and destroying a first order. <laughs> nice. Um, it was, it was absolutely amazing. That's, uh, that's appropriate. So it was a good time. I had a, we had a very, a very, very star Wars weekend beyond the, I drank around the world for the first time in Epcot. That was fun. Um, and it, overall, it was a, a very good trip, even though I kind of hurt my ankle. In fact, I'm icing my ankle as we speak because um, I got a new personal record at my half marathon. I beat my old one by a lot using nice. the power of the dark side. I beat it <laughs> by about eight minutes. So um, I paid for it a little bit. Because by you eight minutes? Holy crap. Yeah, it was like a 45-second a mile difference than my best time. So wow. the dark side is strong, kids. Remember <laughs> that it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I will. Uh, I will never run a marathon, half or otherwise, and uh, I will probably never ride a motion ride again. So, I'll just take your word for how amazing all of that was. But. I, I, I am start. I, I might be consulting with you at some point in the near future, Eric, because I want to start running this summer. Oh my gosh! Like that yeah. for me, like that in like like weightlifting or like the final frontiers that I have not attempted. So like, I want to like maybe go like the couch to five K route or, or something like that. But that's my plan. By the end of the summer, I want to be a runner. I will be your foot bending master. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the last sipple bender. All right. Well, that's as good a segue as any to take us into our, our first uh, chapter for tonight. So, Arlo, why don't you tell us what you thought of 316, the Southern Raiders? I liked it. I really liked it. I'm, I like that we got some payoff for that incredibly uh, dark ending of The Witch. It's uh, <laughs> back. Um I like to, I like, um, so, okay, I'm actually, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, because 
maybe it was just because, you know, it had been a little, like, I, I think we had, uh, we've had like a weird uh, recording schedule lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it had been a little longer than usual since I'd watched the show. Uh, so it's entirely possible that my memory of Katara's arc was a little different. Because um, I know she ended the, the previous episode t- telling Zuko, you know, you know, if you if you step out of line, you know your your destiny will be. I'll end your destiny permanently, or whatever she said. Which I mean is a pretty dark thing to say, but it's Zuko. She's saying it too, so I understand. But I guess I had sort of forgotten um, the what the lasting, or I hadn't really thought of what the lasting repercussions of the bloodbending thing were going to be. So I struggled a little bit with her like intense darkness in this episode. Um, which, you know, in, in hindsight, thinking about it on paper makes sense, but I don't know, it, it had been a little while since that had really been addressed, so I sort of, it, at first it seemed a little out of left field, even though, does that make sense? Like, even though in my head I know why it's happening? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that we're kind of back to talking a little bit about the odd pacing of the back half of the season which I think this might be a another factor of, you know, the whole the, the whole the witch episode took place before Zuko showed up. And in a lot of ways, this has been a different show since Zuko showed up. Yeah. So I think that might play into it is that like we had all that stuff before Zuko showed up and then we had um, Day of the Black Sun. And then everything past that has just been in, in a lot of ways a separate season. Yeah. Yeah, very true. <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, last week we had uh, two episodes that Katara wasn't even in. Uh, the, That's the, right. bo- the boiling rock, um, and then yeah, so it, and then before that, it was uh, like everybody's had their adventures with Zuko, and and this is the first time that Katara's had time alone with him. So, yeah, and I, that's another thing. Like, I'm not like I really like this episode. I like it better than uh, the boiling rock two parter, but like I'm glad they at least lampshade it in the show where where Aang is like. What is it? Is it your turn for your little adventure with Zuko? Um, but it did seem a little weird to me that right after, you know, Sokka goes and uh, flies off with Zuko, now Katara is going to fly off with Zuko. Yeah, and Aang does in the Firebending Masters. Right. And right. then uh, Sokka gets a two parter with Zuko, and now, you're right, now Katara shows up. I-, I need to confess something, which is that I straight up do not remember this episode from before. <laughs> I mean, and, and not in a. I didn't remember it before I got their way, which is what I thought was going to be the case. Like, I did not remember what Southern Raiders was. Halfway through this episode, I realized that, I, as far as I can tell, I've never seen it. Really? I, I, oh, I, so you pulled... Okay, so I did this uh, when I... There is still one episode of Veronica Mars I have never seen right toward the end of the third and final season. So you you pulled you pulled an Arlo, buddy. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I, I, am, I, have, I have descended to the depths of Wiley. <laughs> It's true. Um, yeah, I, I don't Pull, know. How pulling an Arlo is much worse than like spraining an ankle too. So. <laughs> I know. I, there's no. There's nothing I can ice. You can't to, ice to, that. To, that's you can't like, ice yeah. your soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually am sort of like Arlo in this one, in that I didn't. I as far I I can't imagine that I saw this episode because I remembered zero about it, and I can't imagine remembering zero about it because I thought it was fantastic. Okay, well, that was my I, next question. Did you like it? <laughs> I loved this episode. This is the first episode of season three I have loved. Whew! I don't know. And did I last love an episode? Um, it, uh, it's. I mean, like there are a lot of episodes. The I've, beach. The beach. The, the beach. beach. Yeah. yeah, I think that this is the first time I've loved an episode like this 
since the beach. I, I think this was just a a masterpiece. It was dark. It was um, it had a lot of really great character stuff. I loved honestly like the moment when Katara starts bloodbending the first yes, guy. Yeah. And 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 it's it is just it, it's it, it just goes right into it. There's no lead in that she's gonna do that, which I really like. Like this show tends to like lampshade a lot mm-hmm. you know and in this it was just like right into the blood bending that guy and there and then it just goes back out of it it's terrifying and so this is just a great episode i think this is this is one of my favorites of the show i am so happy to hear you say that because i adore this episode <laughs> um and for similar reasons because uh I, I think they really push Katara like right to the edge. And um, <clears throat> I get what you're saying, Arlo, about how maybe our viewing schedule has made it seem like it kind of comes out of nowhere. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just totally loved it. And the, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a chilling moment when she does that blood bending, blood bending. Like I knew it was coming. Um, I think Eric, I think you asked me back when we watched the witch, you asked if uh, we were going to see blood bending again in avatar and i said and i was like yes i'm pretty sure we do just this is a correction we've been getting wrong it's the puppet master by the way is the name of the oh, t- oh damn Aiden. you arlo um <laughs> it's not i legitimately witch. thought it was called the witch all right um, um yeah it's 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 dark as heck and i um i'm in love with that tone i think that i'm that my reaction to it is going to fall into the disappointing camp of i really need to see it again <laughs> like I don't get me wrong, I liked it, but I think I I was thrown off a little bit because we've had like the two putters and all the Zuko stuff since the Puppet Master that I sort of forgot about this thread. Like I just remember thinking the Puppet Master ending was like, well, that's a really dark ending, and then there wasn't a follow up well, shortly afterwards, so I I, for, I forgot about it. You mean the blood bending? Yeah, there, there was, or there wasn't even really a follow-up to like the cra- just the crazy dark tone of the end of that episode. Um, but I feel like you know these two episodes or those two episodes would play really well together, the Puppet Master and uh, this one. It, it's said this is I am continually surprised as we've gone through this season how badly paced this season is, and that is not to say that there are not a lot of amazing episodes. It's that's not the same thing, but. I remember this season being like a freight train, and it is the opposite. Yeah, of freight it's train. It's really weird. There are a lot, like you said, there are a lot of really strong episodes. There's a ton of stuff I love this season, but the structure and the pacing are all completely off. See, I, I guess I agree. Like, I agree with what you guys are saying, but I haven't really felt it as much as you guys have. I guess, like the. Katara's darkness or whatever that we see here, I actually kind of feel like that's been being set up with her reluctance to accept Zuko. Like we, I mean, we didn't get to see it in, in the chapters we discussed last week because she wasn't in those episodes, but um, ever since Zuko came into the fold, she has been really like super standoffish. We commented on how chilling it was when she, when she like got in his face at the end and said, don't push me or whatever. So I I, I think this was built up. It's there. You know what? It's there in the Western air temple. I think the problem is, is that it vanishes mostly because her screen time vanishes, not through bad writing, but through the firebending masters and the boiling rock two parter. Yeah. We get precious little Katara. She barely exists in those three episodes. 
And that's probably why. You combine that with the fact that we're doing two episodes at a time right now, mm-hmm. and I think that there st- starts to feel like there's a lot more distance between the Puppet Master and this than there is. Uh, so, and I think if it was a better paced season overall, like if the if the tension was ratcheting up, I think the darkness of this episode would play really well. But I wonder, Arlo, if the reason you're one of the reasons you're feeling that way is that there has been a shocking lack of tension in terms of this being the end of the show. And I, this would fit in really well if they had been escalating. Yeah, no, I think that might be it. But I, I really do want to watch this again on its own terms because I, I do think it is a really fantastic episode on it's, its own terms. It's, it's got so much good. In, I mean, and honestly, I, I'm a big fan. I'm like a fanboy of a Katara, the best bender in the universe, basically. <laughs> yeah. And the moment when she stops the rain yes. <laughs> is just so unbelievably badass. That scene, and it's dark, so you're also like, I don't want her to kill anyone, but holy shit is that an amazing moment. And you just... know what What really sells her darkness? I mean, the the bloodbending was, was chilling anyways, just because we know what an effect that had on her. Uh, but the fact that Zuko is there to witness all of this and like we get to see his reactions like when she does he's never seen that before he's never seen blood bending he doesn't know she can do that so when she does that he like uh, you know he has to take it in for a second he's like what the hell is going on and then when she's about to kill the guy with all the ice shards like he you know he steps into frame and looks at her like oh my god or is she actually about to do this like zuko as we've discussed many times is he's uh he he's it was quote unquote like from the wrong side of the tracks or whatever. <laughs> like he, he has like a really tough attitude, but when it comes down to it, he's he's. I mean, he's never has he ever he's never killed someone, has he? I, I like a does, person. He sails around on a big warship and attack the the water nation. I I don't know if he's ever killed anyone man to man. Yeah, I don't think we've right. witnessed him kill someone, but yeah. I have to, but yeah, he's he tends not to be like a direct murderer type. I mean, right. he is not. He definitely is not someone who. Go, now that now that said, this is one of those cases where you have to say, well, this is a kids show, right? And if they were not writing this as a kids show, would they have written Zuko that way? I don't that's, know. That's true. That's true. Um, but at the very least, Zuko was sort of he made himself into the monster he thought his father wanted him to be, right? Even though that wasn't him, and now he's made that decision that he's not. But what I think is really fascinating from a character point of view in this episode is how committed Zuko is to just supporting Katara through this. You know, like, even my, he has moments where he's like, what the hell is she doing? But then he's right back there. Like, he is whatever crazy mean shit Katara wanted to do in this episode, Zuko was going to silently support her through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of, I really dig that. It's, it's a subtle thing, and it makes me wish there was more time for these two characters to have their relationship grow because I found that dynamic fascinating. I, I love all of the the Zuko field trips that everybody went on. I, I wish, I wish it had been more than a single episode for each like field trip. Why didn't Toph get one? Well, she, eh, I don't know. Cause, cause, cause Toph don't give a fuck. She, Toph doesn't really need. <laughs> that would have been like the hijinks episode. They could have had <laughs> Toph and Zuko doing, pulling scams on people. Yeah, I guess it would have been, I mean, I, 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 it would have been a harder one to do, but I think that everyone else got their moment with with Zuko. Yeah. I would have liked Toph to have a have a moment, but that's all right because this is by far the best of the Zuko field trips. And I, I agree. 
And it's, I, agree. I, I was, I mean, I, I can't say how much I was, this was a real treat for me to get to watch an episode that was both great and that I have, have no memory of if I saw it. And like I said, I have to imagine that I would have remembered something mm-hmm. from this. I, I mean, I write that this is not a full moon and that Qatar is That's, bloodbending without That was my question. Moon. That was my question. So uh, in my notes, I, I wrote, uh, I don't remember seeing a full moon. However, in the next episode we're going to talk about, they do show a full moon. I don't know how much time separates those two episodes. Not that much, but... It, it seems kind of convenient that Katara would plan her revenge trip around <laughs> right, the, right. the full moon, but they definitely don't go out of their way to show it, which makes me think that Katara needs no full moon exactly. to bloodbend people. It's yeah. terrifying. I can yeah. imagine like an alternate universe avatar where katara like goes off the deep end and becomes like the ultimate villain dark phoenix she goes all it's, dark phoenix. yeah she goes dark phoenix yeah the thing is is that on some level that sort of breaks the entire universe just because katara bloodbending basically and especially given the fact that no one knows what bloodbending is katara is suddenly the most unstoppable bender in the group i mean i don't care how how sozin's commented up <laughs> um, Ozai is you have to imagine that someone who could blood bend could just be like you're not moving yeah 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 H- hang out here for a while Ozai <laughs> but, but maybe the only maybe the only reason she can do it here without a full moon is because she has that personal rage and vengeance which is not to say she you know doesn't want to defeat Ozai or whatnot. but the fact that she's fueled by such like base lizard brain revenge maybe that's why she can tap into that so what you're Which saying is, also is that bloodbending is pure is a dark side power and thus you need to give in to your fear and anger yeah i i think so i think yes. so it's it's like uh it's rage is the source of it just like uh it was the source of zuko's firebending all right right i'm with that okay. i actually really like that blood, so, so bloodbending is the force lightning of this universe i guess yeah yeah i can yeah. dig that um, you know what I really liked about when they found Yan Ra. Yan Ra is now an old man, even though it's it's only been like four or five years since. Well, since... no, no, it's it probably been more. Like... I mean, she's like fourteen now, or yeah, fifteen. It's, been it's, like it's probably ten, right? Ten years, I'd say. How, yeah. how how old was she? So she was only like four or five. I mean, that, that was my read. I, yeah, okay. I would have said five or all six right. or something, but yeah. Okay, so all right, that's a little more believable then. But anyway, so they find him, and he's an old man. Who it, it reminds me of like, you know, people you like old men that you find out, you know, were Nazis or were like, you know, n- Nazi guards or whatnot. They're just these qu- quiet old men doing quiet old man things. Gardening. That you, yeah, gardening that you would never expect. And yes, I did just qualify gardening as a, as a quiet old man. <laughs> so uh, we've just lost just the lost entire our, our gardening demographic. Yeah. Uh, but you would never expect that he had helped commit these horrible atrocities. Um, and then when Katara does find him, you know, he's not some, some no pun intended, avatar of evil. He is just a pathetic old man who offers up his own mother uh, as a sacrifice instead yeah. of himself. Yeah. Um, and as Katara says, you know, there's just nothing inside you, nothing at all. You're pathetic and sad and empty. And I think that is, I mean, it's a cliche to try, you know, to trot out the bana- whole banality of evil thing. But I think that uh, there was very, very realistic and very believable that he wouldn't be some, 
you know, monster. He was just a man who did really awful things because he's he's pathetic and sad and empty. And, you know, this is one of those things that when Avatar is at its best, it does really well, which is it it highlights some extremely dark aspects of like empire and colonialism and the and this kind of like rolling fascist government kind of thing. And that we've seen a couple other times of this where like like as much as I'm not a fan of the episode as a whole, like the the indoctrinating school stuff mm-hmm. at the beginning of season three. Um, some of the stuff we've seen about like what life in like cologne like colony or fire nation colony earth kingdom stuff is like some really dark stuff and this is another one of those situations where um even for 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 a show that isn't a kid's show this is a surprisingly mature take on this kind of subject i completely agree yeah yeah in a in in a really dark episode uh that that features the the death of a main character's mother actually although we don't see it that's what happens so. I love the the two sides of the the raid that we get. Uh-huh. We get sort of Sokka's side and then and yeah. then Katara's side. But just that, I mean, so this is something I was thinking about during this episode. That in a lot of ways, I find the plight of the Southern Water Tribes, especially, a lot more affecting than the Air Nomads. So the Air Nomads have been like completely wiped out. You know, like it is a full one hundred percent like genocide, which is awful but in a lot of ways is a um, fantasy world kind of awful. You know what I mean? Like literally every single one of them was killed. Uh Whereas with the water tribes, they went in and took out anyone who could be a threat and left them without resources, without the benders that would help them survive and live and thrive. And occasionally came in and raided them whenever they wanted to. Like they, which is a much more real world kind of awful. And it really hurts to see every time we see it. In fact, um, there there's a sort of subtle backwards world building with uh, the Southern Water Tribe here because previously what we've seen, I think we've only seen the Southern Water Tribe, unless there have been flashbacks, we've only seen it like at the very beginning of the series. And it was really, it was like really small. It was like barely a village, really. <laughs> it was uh, some igloos and a and a a snow wall basically. Right. Uh, yeah. and then, but this flashback takes us further back in time and it's much more substantial. Um, still not as impressive as the Northern water tribe that we saw, which is basically an entire ice city, but it just implies that the Southern water tribe used to be, uh, a little more advanced used to be a little, a little more substantial, but had been whittled away at, for years by just persistent raiding from the fire nation. It's an obviously a intentional. And as you said, persistent attempt by the fire nation to um, wipe them out over time, basically to, to wither them into non-existence. Mm -hmm. Um, Which again, as I said, that is a, that's some heavy, heavy shit. It, it, it's the, uh, it's the avatar world equivalent of a prima nocta. Without getting quite that dark, this is this is the equivalent. This show's equivalent of uh, if we can't get them out, we'll breed them out. This is them going in and just getting rid of all of the waterbenders. And then and then letting what's left be whatever. I mean, it's you know, yeah. I, I, I it's obviously like I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's wonderful that they go into that. I, I 
I regret that we don't get more of this in Avatar. Mm-hmm. And if my if I in the final summation of this show, I think that the fact that I have still loved this show, but maybe loved it a hair less on the second time through, it's that mostly I would have loved more stuff like this. And I realized that they were probably had their hands tied by the network, but stuff like this is so good that I can imagine an Avatar with more of this and a more intentional attempt to deal with this stuff. And God, that would have just been wonderful because this is some yeah. great stuff for a show. Yeah. Um, I don't want to move on past this episode without talking about the, the attack on the Western air temple that started the chapter. Oh my God. This is such a big episode that I actually, <laughs> I, right? saw, I completely yeah. forgot about that is an amazing sequence. It's, that is a fantastic sequence. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, but once again, you know, once more with feeling, the fight sequences in this show are my damn spirit animal, I'm telling you. Um, and I just, I love the fact that uh, it's a sort of a Zuko-Azula showdown. It's it's such a good little, like, setup. And, you know, one of my favorite, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about this next week, um, but one of my favorite things, franchises, maybe my favorite franchise is uh anime franchise called Gundam. Mm-hmm. And... Gundam is like the master franchise at building up rivalries and paying them off at the end. And Avatar has absorbed that pacing in a really awesome way. And that's what we get here with the Zuko Azula stuff where we need another moment of their rivalry before we can head into the finale. And um, here we are and we get this amazing, amazing fight between the two of them. That is just the setup for the episode. Yeah. Um. I mean, Azula's got the line, I'm about to celebrate becoming an only child. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, this whole episode is, is crazy dark. And uh, and then, like, both of them plummeting to their dooms, and uh, Katara, I, I would point out that it's Katara that snatches Zuko out of the air, but then Zuko's, like, watching her just fall, and he's like, she's not gonna make it like he it's dawning on him oh my god my sister is actually about to die but of course and then he's like of course she did and i I like that she's not gonna make it line because it reminds us that though azula is cartoonishly evil even in a a kid's cartoon uh times she is still zuko's sister and that sets up the final line of the episode which you know there's that great uh exchange between Aang and Zuko about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, Zuko says, you know, of forgiveness, that's the same as doing nothing. And Aang says, no, it's not. It's easy to do nothing, but it's hard to forgive. And I love that. That's like a, that's almost like a Superman Batman <laughs> conversation <laughs> there. I, yeah. I love that. Um, and so at the end, Zuko says, you know, you're right. Violence wasn't the answer. Um, Aang says it never is. And Zuko says, and this, I, I, I was genuinely, I was very pleased and surprised by this line because, again, this being a Nickelodeon show, I think I, I sometimes forget that it's capable of, of, of emotional complexity like this. And so Zuko says, then I have a question for you. What are you going to do when you face my father? Yes. And that's the perfect response. And I, and I don't, and I, yeah, and I don't know, like, Aang doesn't say anything because what is he going to say in that moment? That, that's a great moment. That is an, a really great moment. And it's it's shocking to realize that uh, we, we've – I don't think we've ever questioned that. Like has that ever – has it no, ever come I up before? I, I don't think so. He's just going to fight him and he's going to beat him and that's 
that's what we assume. But what does that mean? What does it mean to fight Ozai? And what, what does it look like to beat Ozai? You know, you know what this reminds me of, guys? And this is not me trying to sell people on our book. But it, <laughs> it reminds me, Paul, I, th- I think you and I had this problem when we sat down to write these superhero stories. We both realized a major problem was that we didn't want anybody to punch anybody that's right like it, it just felt wrong like of course in our minds going into the story we're like there's superheroes supervillains they're, they're gonna beat each other up then we're like wait what does it mean when one of them raises a hand against the other like that was it was a level of like moral complexity that we had never even considered i, I was stunned that we had that <laughs> that we came to that yeah <laughs> all right well so uh are we ready for some whiplash? Yeah, I was going to say, we go from, uh, again, one of the super dark episodes of the series, which I'm thrilled that you had not seen this before, Eric. That's a, that's amazing. I love that you got to come to this episode fresh. But So uh, we go from that to uh, Chapter 317, the Ember Island Players. Arlo? Um, I had to check multiple times to make sure this wasn't written by Dan Harmon. <laughs> this, this is the community episode of Avatar. Um, I I had heard Eric, you know, I, I Eric made sure throughout this podcast not to go into detail about what the Ember Island players was, but I knew I knew that title. I knew that Eric loved this episode. I knew this was like a special episode for him. So going in, I was curious to see what it would be, and boy, I loved it. Oh my god. It was ab- w- w- one of my absolute favorite episodes of this entire run. Was just such such meta ridiculousness that then like has real emotional grounding because it it gets to a point where where it's it's so funny at first and then halfway through I'm like are they really just going to replay the entire series? I mean it's, it's still gonna, it's still going to be funny. I'm still going to laugh, but Come on, there's got to be more to it than this, and then there is. And yeah, yeah, I just I adored this episode. This is like meta is really hard to pull off, and this show is this episode is really good at meta. I need to confess that this I liked this episode less on rewatch than I did the first time, oh, and I no. think it's no, and I think it's just that the stuff that I love is still fantastic, but there's an awful lot of jokes in the middle that maybe padded out a little bit that don't work as well the second time through. And it's mostly in the first half of the episode and it's mostly them going through old episodes and doing yeah, the, of that. Yeah. That was the moment. Like I, like I said, it occurred to me about, you know, partway through that, you know, this, this is still a funny joke, but it's going to get a, a little tired. But then for me, what, what followed in the second half more than made up for that. I, I wonder if those jokes that, that uh, were kind of the padding, I, I wonder I feel like this chapter served two masters. So the, from what I understand, the creators had reached the end, basically. Like, from here, we're going into the finale. There's nothing left for them to do. So this was their chance to uh, do a, a clip show, basically, and sort of remind people what had everything that had happened that led us to this place. And it was also, like I alluded to last week, this is kind of the... Uh, the ten, a little bit of a tension release before we get into the the major bloodshed next week. But um, so so it did that. It's the clip show that kind of reminds us how we got here, and it's also their way of poking fun not only at themselves but at 
the some of the fandom like the fact that uh well, the most obvious one to me there's a ton of them but the most obvious one is the fact that the audience during the drill segment the audience is just yawning and like falling asleep and that's a meta commentary on the fact that the fandom apparently was bored to death by that episode the drill in the second season I wonder what they were getting at in that. So they they were they didn't they were not a fan. Fandom did not like that. No, no. And and then they had them. You know, there's the scene where they they're flying. They're like, look, it's the Great Divide, the biggest canyon in the Earth Kingdom. And Sokka's like, man, let's just keep flying. I mean, it's those things that are commentary on how the fans have reacted to the show up to this point. That stuff I liked. I did like some of that. I I wonder if there was my reaction the second time through is that there was. Maybe too many of those in a row mm-hmm. to really land. Um, I found that section, I don't want to say tedious, because I was not feeling that that negatively about it at all. Um, but it Yeah, because I, I think you did have in a row, you had the Great Divide, you had the Drill, and then after that was, did Jet just die? You know, it was really unclear. That, I really I loved, loved that bit, though. Yeah. Really that one I loved. Bit. The big moments really worked. It was like, and I, the Great Divide thing was kind of like a funny joke, but I feel like there was a couple other ones too that were like just a little bit throwaway mm-hmm. and they come really fast. And it's not until the middle of the episode when they start using the jokes to hold a mirror up right. to the character, yeah. to all the characters. And that's when things get interesting. Um, the other negative that I have to say that hit me a little less well in this time was Aang nice guying um, uh, Katara. Being like, come on, when's it gonna when when are we? And then just kissing her. Like <laughs> I I really liked that. Not because I thought that was the right thing for Aang to do, it was the opposite of that, but I, I, I think I found that believable in that moment. And it was the it was the worst possible thing for him to have done, but that's kinda why I liked it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think it was completely awkward and reminds us that he has no idea what the hell he's doing. Yeah, it, it 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 was, it was a little awkward maybe, to like guess get dropped in maybe I don't know I mean it was interesting but it was maybe maybe Arlo maybe I'm having the same problem with this that you did with the last episode, which is that they had dropped this thread for so yeah. long that true. putting it into this at that point in the episode was a little um, a little like okay I remember this happening but did we really build up to this moment or are we here because they need to make sure they hit that note before we go into the finale. That's, that's fair. And I think that's probably, that, that is why it's there because they, they need to bring it up before the finale. But I think they get away with it a little bit because Ang talks about that. He's like, you know, I thought we were going to be together and then, you know, everything happened and we weren't. And that's why, you know, he, he tries to, he tries to rush into it. He tries to recapture it and it's, the worst possible thing he could have done. Yeah. Yeah. I feel really bad for Katara after all the shit that she's gone through with the bloodbending and then the last episode. And then, then this, like right after she tells him, you know, she, she doesn't know she needs time. He goes ahead and kisses her anyway. And the, the look on her face is just, you know, she's disappointed and horrified and it's just incredibly uncomfortable. It's, it's very uncomfortable and I loved it. So, uh, on the other side of things, the good side of things, um, Toph's reaction to her actor <laughs> yes. is one of the best things, especially the sonar mouth moment, uh-huh. which which Toph is totally into, even though it's the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. 
in the world. So that well, was I've, that was I've, another that was another bit of meta because that was you know originally what they were going to do with Toph. Toph was going to be a big buff guy before they decided to make it a little girl. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that cool. that was more meta, and then you know they do the they pay homage to the whole Zutara thing with um mm-hmm. with yeah. the Katara and Zuko actors falling in love. Their reaction to that was great. Yeah. Like they're uncomfortable. They're like they're like weird uncomfortableness because I, I mean I, I even the second time through I am not sure what their feelings are to each other entirely. Who Zuko and uh, Katara? Yeah. Yeah, I have open questions about about how they feel about each other. Well, I, I think I do too. I, I can tell you this is this is probably why the Zutara shippers were so, um, pardon the pun, fiery, <laughs> because especially after that last episode, you you can see there's a certain kind of chemistry. Like Katara has her goes to the dark side a little bit when she's off on an adventure with Zuko, and and you could see those two as a couple. And again, I go back to like the the level of support he showed her mm-hmm. when they went. They they have a very a very um a potent relationship. You know what I mean? Like their chemistry there is like it. They have a lot a lot of interesting under like underneath the surface emotional interplay, and maybe more than anyone on the show. So I don't I I don't don't know exactly how to read what's going on between them. I'm I'm not sure, which I actually really like. That is, that's some next level stuff for a kids' cartoon. Actually, <laughs> for me to watch a couple a scene with a with two characters and to not and to have them intentionally, in my opinion, leave me unsure what's going on in their heads is pretty awesome. We we totally forgot to mention in the last episode that uh, um, <laughs> I hate saying their names back to back. Their couple name Saka and Suki um, are apparently knocking boots. Oh, I forgot yeah. about the that. That was intense, man. That was. Yeah. All right. That, that was. That's, I'm surprised they got away with that. I know there was. There's no. There's like. There's no other way to read what's no. going on. No, there. no, no. Sokka is like on on the on the ground with a rose in his mouth. Yep. While while Suki tries to sneak into the tent. Now let's go read all the fan fiction of what really <laughs> happens when Zuko walks into that tent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how how do you get that past Nickelodeon standards and practices? Like I I'm glad they did, but I I don't know how that works. I don't know. At this point, the show is so close; to, it's barreling to the finish. They're probably like, "All right, just just let them have it." I'm I'm sure. Like, do you think they just got ahead of it and they were like, "Oh, they're just they're just making out." Yeah, maybe. And they were like, "Oh, okay, they're just making out because people in standards and practices are morons usually, so <laughs> it's possible they just did a song and dance ahead of time for it." But yeah, I don't know how that got through because. There really isn't another way to read that. Nope. They're they're straight up. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> happening. Which I which is very very well done, um, Avatar for 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 going there and and making such an extended joke out of it. Yeah. 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 But, Before we get to the actual play itself, um, the the other thing that I wanted to talk about is, well, I guess this is technically about the play itself, but where the end of the episode leaves everyone. Uh, because I was watching the play. I was like, this is an oddly like bright, positive, heroic look at the mm-hmm. avatar and his friends, considering this play is being done in the fire nation. Yeah. Um, so I, I kept waiting for them while they were, you know, 
recapping the previous events of the series. I was I was expecting it to have like more of a propaganda feel to it. So I was a little surprised that it was played straight. But then, of course, at the end, um, even though these are the like the the protagonists of the play, they still have them die horrible, fiery deaths. One of my favorite moments is when uh, when the actor Zuko, uh, the the character Zuko, gets killed off uh, in that fire. He's like honor, and it shows <laughs> it shows the group just like giving side eye to Zuko. They're like, oh my god, what? How does this affecting Zuko? I loved their reactions to that. Yeah, yeah, that that was all just how, how dis- dispirited and demoralized they all are. By like they they going into it, they thought this was gonna be a fun way to blow off steam, and it wound up being, you know, the worst thing they could have done. Um, it, it it turns dark so fast when they go. Like I I do like the 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 play into the, what was obviously the commercial one time when Sokka goes, unless. This is the future, the future, or whatever he says. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. the, the the episode starts with Sokka being like, "Oh, this is the kind of wacky, time wasting nonsense I've been missing." <laughs> yeah, not so much, Sokka. Yeah. Not so much. And then at the end, you know, they're all you know dejected, and Sokka's like, "But the effects were decent, so I think they were predicting the Shyamalan movie with this episode." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which I'm still. You guys, I still think at some point we should do a bonus episode about the Shyamalan movie. I, I'm down for it, I guess. I, I guess I would have to watch it. Then. I, I have not seen it, so I haven't either. I, we need to do this at oh some point. Gosh. Oh my maybe, gosh! Maybe maybe when we're finally done, our reward, <laughs> our reward, we, our reward will be the Shyamalan movie. Oh we are not God. ending with that. Are you are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to happen at some point. Um, well, another one of my favorite meta moments from this was Sokka, like giving himself notes, like taking, going yes. backstage and, uh, and the, the actor Sokka is like, uh, oh no, another fan with ideas. Yeah. Their varying reactions to their, their, their like actors are all amusing, but Sokka definitely is the best, which is that he is primarily offended that the jokes aren't good enough. Right. Not, I'm just a not guy that, that he's likes made, comedy. made to be an idiot, but just that his jokes aren't funny. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Let's uh let's talk about the voice cast here. Okay. So Yeah, cuz uh, it's a crazy voice cast. It is. Uh Aang is voiced by Rachel Dratch. Yeah. <laughs> which is whoa, whoa, okay, hold on. I didn't know any of this. Okay. So Rachel Dratch voices the plays Aang. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh and I can't, it didn't sound like her either. Mm-mm. But she 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 did a great job. Uh Katara is voiced by Grey Griffin who voices Azula. Grey Delisle. Great Delisle. Oh, she, so is she gets she goes by yeah she's Great Delisle on that. Show. I think she's going by Gray Griffin now. Oh, yeah, I did not know Grey that. So yeah, okay. she, on IMDb she's now credited as Gray Griffin. Okay. Uh, Scott Minville voices Sokka, and I actually didn't look him up beforehand, but I know that voice. I know that voice from so many things. Uh, uh, Scooby Doo was his first credit. <laughs> Teen Titans. Okay. Who does, he, who does he voice on Teen Titans? Batman the Brave and the Bold. Oh, like everyone? Frozen, yeah, Tangled. So. Okay, he's done all kinds of voice work. Yeah, he, he's done all sorts of stuff. I knew I knew that voice. Uh, Iroh and Toph are both voiced by John DiMaggio, uh, who, of course, voiced Bender on Futurama. Uh-huh. I really loved this one. Zuko is voiced by Derek Bosco, mm-hmm. uh, Dante Bosco's brother. That's I thought that was fantastic. 
Uh, Jet and Boomy were both voiced by uh, D. Bradley Baker, who does uh, Appa and Momo. Appa and Momo, yeah. Uh, and he also voiced Jet. Uh, and Azula was voiced by none other than Tara Strong. Voice actor of the stars. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she's, she's in everything. She's well, what do I know Tara Strong from? I, I know I'm. Oh, good know. lord. I mean, name an anime. Literally series. everything. Uh, <laughs> but Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. Uh, she was. She, everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean. All right. Oh, yeah. She has I'll, been. Pretty I'm looking much at this everything. massive right. list of. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let, let's find some of her better known roles. Um. My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Uh, that's what Eric knows her from. Yeah, um, I, I did watch the. I did watch a couple of episodes of that, so I probably did see a her. couple episodes. I, wa- I I I would like to have watched more. I'm only saying a couple because I stopped and I shouldn't have. Well, anyways, yeah, she, she's yeah. she's done everything. She yeah. she's fantastic. Um, yeah, I just I thought that was great that they got sort of like uh, as far as voice actors go, an all star voice cast for this i thought it was crazy that uh the azula voice actress did katara yeah for this that was weird waterbend hiya <laughs> <laughs> that was so great and, and i i to, to back up Sokka, the effects were very good they were i was they, they i would love to watch good. that play i would watch the shit out of that a lot of um, really serious imagination went into how the effects were going to work mm-hmm. in that play. Like a level of a level of effort that didn't need to be there really went into this episode for all of that. Yeah. Including the bad ones, like when the rock falls on <laughs> and he has, Yeah, and he has to crawl <laughs> under it. <laughs> they all clearly had a blast doing this episode. Yeah, it was a needed it's a needed um break. I think that it has the it, it may be unfortunate that it immediately follows the darkest episode of the show, <coughs> but it's it's really fun. It's really good. I like this episode for what, and I, 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 I can't believe that I never noticed that it was the the Dan Harmon episode of this show. But you're right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. This is absolutely a community episode. It's ab- absolutely <laughs> a community episode. Um, oh, and. It's a lot, and I, I think that the way everyone reacts to things is really interesting. I like the way that their reactions become less amusing and more deep reflections of their insecurities as things progress. Toph got to uh, got to sort of comfort Zuko too with the whole uh, talk about his uncle. Yeah. Oh, that was a great scene. That was a great scene. scene. Yeah. Um, also the. A- Iro actor is great. Try treachery; it's more fun. Was was, <laughs> yes. uh, was a great moment. Um, you smell like fish, and I hate you for all time. <laughs> <laughs> that was so uh, great. Speaking of fish, the the um, did you eat pickled fish? I have to go do moon things, and yes, <laughs> I ate fish. <laughs> I have to say, uh, the the writer of that play was in, he he didn't he was incredibly well researched. Uh, well, okay, so I have to I have to read this. Um, the poster that Sokka finds uh-huh. uh, says, uh, "The Boy in the Iceberg" is a new production from acclaimed playwright Poo On Tim, who who scoured the globe <laughs> gathering information on the Avatar from the icy South Pole to the heart of Bossing Say. His sources including 
uh, singing nomads, pirates, prisoners of war, and a surprisingly knowledgeable merchant of cabbage. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> yes. we get we get two cabbage jokes in this. Yep. Episode we get we get the actual like obvious cabbage joke, and then the cabbage dealer. You know what? Cabbage dealer deserves to have made them all look bad. That poor dude. That <laughs> poor poor, poor dude. He was more than happy to to give information. Yeah. One of the nice things about this episode, beyond the callback to the early stuff, is we get our last, maybe our last look at them in their Fire Nation costumes, which right. we haven't seen since right. the day of the Black Sun. Yeah, I love their Fire Nation costumes. I loved, I loved Aang's hat in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's got a great hat. Yeah. If I hadn't blocked my shocker, I'd probably be in the Avatar state right now. <laughs> Avatar state, yip yip. Yeah. That was a, a very curiously placed, because we're coming into the end game, uh, callback to Aang's inability to use the, the Avatar mm, I wonder, like, hey, I wonder you, if that's setting something up. <laughs> do, you, do you remember how he can't use it? Huh, huh, huh? That's, that was yeah. that was that joke. Yeah, exactly. It was, it's a good joke to do that, but it's it's still definitely out of nowhere. I love, I love Sokka's, uh, don't be afraid to improvise, uh, Especially when you're going into a fight, something like a flying kickapow. <laughs> that is so Sokka. And Sokka's reaction when he like uses the jokes on stage is like, oh, I told him to say that. <laughs> oh my God. But by the uh, way, this like... is a very small Sokka side note we didn't mention from the last one, but we got a lot of Sokka with his hair down. Yeah, 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 that was disturbing to me. It was yeah, it was a lot of it. It was it was very very off putting in a good way. It was nice to see that. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. I, you I don't know something. how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I liked Katara's. It's not like I'm a preachy crybaby who gives over emotional speeches about hope all the time. Yeah, that's not <laughs> like you at all. Etc. Yeah, that was great. Uh, so there was the jet death joke, but then Sokka's also like, and I think Combustion Man died. <laughs> yes. Like, and yeah. I, yeah, I loved all of that stuff. Uh, my heart is so full of hope that it's making me tear bend. <laughs> to your bend. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that uh, you know, he the writer, uh Puan Tim, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Is there was there someone in Nickelodeon stand, standards and practices named Tim that they didn't like? No, the the writer Tim Hedrick was the one. So uh Tim Hedrick, who last week I talked about, he's one of the writers that's gonna be working on the the uh Voltron, Voltron thing. Uh so he wrote this episode. Um or he's one of the writers on this episode. He had actually suggested this idea earlier in the show. Like, um, I don't know if it, it might not even have been this season, but he, he wanted to do uh, a thing where they come across, you know, like a traveling actor troupe or whatever. And they decided they were like, no, that's too silly. We we're not going to do that. And so when they got to this point in the series, they were like, all right, well let's, let's revisit that. So I, I assume that's the Tim that they're referencing. I got it. They want to pull on him. Yeah, that's that's an odd way to uh, to to honor him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but no, that so that that writer, uh, not Tim Hedrick, but Poo on Tim, um, he was incredibly thorough in his research on, on things. You know, he got a few things wrong, including the and I like this because no one would, but no one pegged that Zuko was the blue spirit. Yes, I loved that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I actually like, like that that Zuko has a surprisingly muted reaction to someone else getting that no one understands he's the blue spirit, largely because Aang jumps into his arms. I think. Well, the, I mean, the two girl. of them kind of exchange a look too at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I, uh, I didn't even mention two things from the previous episode. I forgot to mention. First of all, ink bending. 
we forgot to call out the fact that Katara, oh, yeah. Katara did some ink bending. Um, but Is also, there any liquid she can't bend? Mm, now, come on, hang on. Uh, but also that um, I was just overjoyed at the opportunity to see, even though it's not him being the blue spirit, it was still, I mean, it was Ninja Zuko. So we got an opportunity to see him go undercover again one last time. I did time. like that stealth mode. Am I alone in never liking Boomy more than this episode? <laughs> no, you are not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> He's much more tolerable as a guy in a muscle suit. Oh, actually, that was one of those. That is actually a good example of the maybe like too many jokes. Like it was, like it was funny to have like a Boomy joke, but I'm not sure that joke actually said anything. Yeah. At all. Also, it also, like, it was out of sequence. It was also out of sequence. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, the the Omashu stuff had come b- earlier in the story than where they had it happen, but eh, whatever. Who on Tim can't get everything? Yeah, right. that's true. Okay, that's true. artistic license, whatever. That's right. That's right. I love this episode, you guys. <laughs> I, I love both of these episodes. They're they're really good. I guess I, I I I like this one a little less than I thought I was going to come back in. And like, I really thought like, it's always been one of my favorites. And now I would probably put it like, like just under my absolute favorites, which is, you know, it's still a really good episode. I still really like it. Um, And I like the ending bits a lot. I I um, love the way that uh, the Ember Island players ends. I love the way this chapter ends because it's so, well, I mean, uh, actually, the way both of them end, the last one was, what are you going to do when you face my father? That's a great way to end that episode. And then this one ends with them having just watched themselves lose the war. Yeah. They had just yeah. watched themselves get killed off and lose the war. And uh, yeah. like Zuko's reaction as he's walking away is, that wasn't a good play. <laughs> you know, this show has had a lot of endings like this. You know, you're so used to American... Uh, kids animation ending with you know somebody or like Sokka cracking a joke and everyone laughing patting patting each other on the back freeze frame Mm -hmm. and this show doesn't do that a lot I don't think it's ever done a freeze frame but this show doesn't have that kind of ending very often I actually think the beach ended on a freeze frame did it I I think it did (laughs) okay but anyways um, yeah I get what you're saying yeah it doesn't have this kind of ending very that kind of ending very often so I, I I love the way uh, they they allow episodes to end on this show. Um, all right. So before I uh, I bring up our sort of closing topic, because I I have something I want to talk about before we go out. Uh, I want to ask one more time, Eric. You've you've sworn that you were not going to forget. You would not let the moment pass us by. But I want to ask again: Have we ever come to the midichlorian bending? Strap in, gentlemen. Because oh God. it's a coming. Okay. All right. I just I want to make sure we're not going to breeze past it. No. You'll now that I've done this. You. I. I. I feel like it's really obvious once when you when you see it what I'm talking about. Um. So. Okay. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah. No. It, it's. It, it's. We'll get it. Is there. it is it Avatar or is it Korra? It's Avatar. Okay. All right. So it's like well, I said. Then it's, then we're, we're, it's we're gonna next we're week. gonna see what I mean. We're gonna see what I mean. All right. Um. I. Yeah. So. Everyone would disagree with my interpretation of what I just said. But... It, well, in that case, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. I think, and, I, and it's I, accurate. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, if if it's what I'm thinking of, it will be a point of discussion. Yes, week, it's so. going. I I intend to discuss it well beyond my joke that I've been making the whole time. So. Okay, all right. Well, I'm um, glad you made the joke like way back at the beginning of this podcast that we've had this entire run to build up to it. So okay, so we're, we're before we get here. Then before we get to next week, I want to know. Hey, did you have any? Uh, do you have any predictions? That, what, that's, what you, what, that's my closing topic. I want to see before we actually get to the end. I want to know, Arlo, what do you? Where do you think this is going? Oh boy. Um, clearly they're all going to die. They're going to face a crushing defeat at the hands of Fire Lord Ozai, and Azula winds up on the throne. Well, all right, we don't even have to come back next week. Is is, is there anything in all that you really want out of the finale of this show? Like, are you we all whenever we get to shows we like, we get to the end. There are things that we're like, I, I don't really care what happens, but I really need this, or I really hope this doesn't happen. Do you have anything f- like that? I feel like the things I want to happen are all such big things they would have to be resolved, especially in a four-part finale. So I want a reunion between Zuko and Iroh mm-hmm. because together they form the, – to, to me, they form, the, for, they form the heart of the show. They are the Voltron of the show. Okay. <laughs> they are. Um, so I, I'm positive that's going to happen. Uh, I know they're going to resolve the Aang-Katara uh, relationship question. Um, is there a way you would like that to resolve? Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I thought there was, like, I thought that I wanted them to be together, but it's, you know, given the fact that it didn't happen after they kissed and that it ended poorly this time, I don't know how I want it to end. Like, I don't know if I would be more satisfied if it ended on a note of, you know, Oh, you know, we, we really are meant for each other. It's true love. Or if it would be better for them to both come to terms with the fact that, you know, they had feelings for each other, you know. The, you know the the timing wasn't right. It you know they're they're it's they're not going to end up like that, but they will be you know great friends forever. Uh, I don't know which I would find more satisfying. I will probably be able to tell you once whatever happens happens. <laughs> uh, if I would have liked the other way better. Uh, what else? Uh, oh hey, here's a quick question. Did anyone think that? Sokka maybe like I don't know the whole UA bit in the play was really funny but that was such a devastating thing for Sokka like should he have been more bothered by that well he was crying he was yeah I don't know but it was played for laughs almost I don't know it was I don't know that's fair it's a random thought um yeah see what, what what else do I want to happen um yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Like th- those are those are the two, those are the two big ones. Obviously, uh, Katara and Sokka will be reunited with their father yet again. <laughs> um, yeah. Is, is I, there anything that you're like? I just just I'm fine with anything happening, but not this. The swamp benders. <laughs> those oh. motherfuckers. Oh boy. <laughs> and I know. Oh, I know they're going to come back because of course they will. But motherfuckers. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah. So, I'm ex- I'm I'm extremely excited to get to this. I I have very um, high memories of Sozin's comet. I remember this at this four parter really well. I um I love. I'm really big on endings on like finales and especially like when it comes to action series like this. You know, I'm a big anime fan, and when you get to the end of series like this, there are 
there's a certain sense of scale and scope and intensity that I want out of an ending. And I remember getting that, especially in the, the final um, battles. Mm-hmm. And I am wildly excited to get to a couple of things and get to see them again because it's been a long time. So I, I am like jittery with excitement. I, I really oh. I really wish that we had just recorded multiple episodes tonight. <laughs> another thing another thing that I want to see resolved is the relationship between okay, a couple things. The relationship between Zuko and May. Mm-hmm. I want their like I suppose if all we get is May and, and you know Tylee you know, or may having the revelation that you know she she cares more about him than she does the Fire Nation. I can deal with that, but I think there's more there, so I want that to be resolved. And uh, Zuko and Azula, I want there to be like one more big scene between the two of them. And I'm very curious. I don't really have an opinion, but I'm very curious to see where Azula ends up at the end of the series. All right. So All yeah, right. I'm excited, you guys. I can't, I, I, I can't wait. Like, it's crazy. I wish that we could all like get together and watch this together. I know. I'm. I, it's a bummer. And in fact, what I was going to ask was, I know that you know we have to go by our own schedules and and making sure we can watch stuff before it happens is the most important thing. But I want to ask us all to watch it as close to recording date as possible. Okay. Because I I like I would like our reactions to not be, I watched it on Saturday. And oh, yeah, yeah, recording yeah. on Wednesday. So I don't know how realistic that is for everyone. I'm going to try to watch it Tuesday. Um, if I can find a way to watch it Wednesday, I will. Um, but I will watch it no earlier than Tuesday. Well, I, I will just tell you, I do watch these things on the Wednesday before the the day we record. Cool. So. I, I generally do. Um, I usually watch them that morning. But um, the way th- this next week of work is... Um, a little hectic, so I might need to fit it in Tuesday night. But I, if not, I will watch it Wednesday. I might be able to, to be honest. If I get home, it's only four episodes. I might be able to watch this before the end of the day. It's, all, so. it's only four episodes. Yeah, what I, is that? that's that's like twenty three times four. Yeah, that's not bad. I need to find time to just where I can just sit down and watch these, you know, one right after the other with no interruption, which is surprisingly more difficult than you would expect. Because I'm going to be honest, you know how I usually watch these? I watch these at work. I watch these while doing my day job. Uh, I don't want to do that for this. Like, I want to be able to, to sit down at home on, the, on my television set, not my laptop, and just be able to watch them from start to finish. And I'm going to find a time to do that. I don't know when. And if, and if it's too far beforehand, I'll just watch them again during my day job. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, Arlo, I think you're in a, emotionally, I think you're in a good place to head into this finale. Oh, I'm, I'm super pumped. I, I, I think you're, uh, you're, your head's in the right spot. You're thinking the right stuff. So that's good. I can't wait to, uh, to see how your brain is blown by the finale. Um, God, I'm so excited. I really, <laughs> I, I really want us to just record it tonight, but I'm all right. Very excited. 
Um, so thank you, everybody at home, for joining us. As always, you can find links to this and all of our past episodes at the website. That's theavatarreturns.com, and uh, links will also be posted on our parent show site, gobbledygeekpodcast.com, or you can just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and every episode will be hand-delivered to you personally by our flying email lemur. You can feed the lemur by dropping us an email at tarpodcast at gmail.com, and of course, you can find us all over social media. Like us on Facebook for all of our updates, or follow us on twitter the show is twitter.com slash t-a-r podcast and on twitter i am at haunt 1013 eric is at salon that's s-a-a-l-o-n and arlo is at unplugged crazy and next week this is it we've we've come all this way the end is upon us uh next week the final installment in our avatar the last airbender discussions with chapters 318 through 321 the four-part finale film event, Sozin's Comet. So, until then, remember, every day the world awaits a beacon to guide us, yet none appears. Still, we cannot give up hope, for hope is all we have, and we must never relinquish it, even, even to our dying breath. There's no business like show business, like no business I know. Everything about it is appealing. Everything the traffic will allow. Nowhere could you get that happy feeling when you are stealing that extra bow. There's no people like show people. They smile when they are long. Yesterday they told you you would not go far That night you open and there you are Next day on your dressing room they hung a star Let's go on with our show The costumes, the scenery, the makeup, the props The audience that lifts you when you're down